Coming up on today's show, Xbox Series X is in the wild, Amazon is joining the cloud streaming game, and Britney is excited about something about Resident Evil. What's good, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast live here on Mondays at twitch.tv slash what's good games. I'm Andrea Renee, and this is your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. Brittany Brombacher is also here. I am what's here. What's up, Brittany? I have, it's a good day, Andrea. I have so much Yakuza news to talk about, so much Resident Evil news to talk about. It's going to be a good day. I can feel it. Feel it. I feel it, too, because... Special guest Danny Pena from Gamer Today Radio is also here. Hello, hello. Finally, after what two years ago, I think we almost we recorded a, a podcast episode for my show, Washington DC. That was yes. the last time I recorded. Yes. For the division two. Yes. Yeah. In yeah. that hotel room with one Khalif Adams. Yeah, some spot on me. Yeah. Hello, Khalif. I remember a lot of that episode, I'll be honest. We were all very um <laughs> under the influence of alcohol. Yes, very much. <laughs> I believe we were arguing about Xbox in that episode as well, mm-hmm. but it was about how Game Pass, you were convinced, was going to come to Nintendo well, Switch, and I said, you're crazy. Well, two things. Well, a couple things. I was wrong about that, but I was right about Cuphead and Ori coming to the Switch. You were. Absolutely. That was two years ago. That's, that's true. Yeah, but that's I was totally true. wrong with Game Pass. Totally wrong. Yeah. I even took my <laughs> Nintendo Switch to the Microsoft press conference. I'm like, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> oh, Danny, that's so sad. But yeah. Good for you for trying. Hey, I tried. Let me dream, you know? So. I appreciate the enthusiasm. We love the enthusiasm here at What's Good Games. And whether this is your first episode or your 194th episode, we love that you guys are here joining us. Shout out to everybody who is in the Twitch chat. I see Arctic, Rihanna, Twitch is now is here, Thirsty Panda, Brandmance, Decatron, Dancefloor Demon. And, of course, Danny, Jason, also here, uh, along with everybody else. Welcome, one, welcome all to our live show. So we have quite a bit of news to get into today, so we're going to go ahead and just jump right in. But I do have one reminder announcement, and that is that Lights Off is back. Hopefully you guys were able to join us last Monday. It was a ton of fun. Brittany and I co-op streamed Pacify, and yes, lots of screaming happened. It was a butt clencher. (laughs) For sure. I still have a few games that I think we might try to play tonight, Andrea. But if we can't find mm. a co-op game, I figure you would just take one for the team, play Five Nights at Freddy's, and I'll stream with you, but I'll just be your life coach. <laughs> I'm into that. Oh, Because really? I have all of the Five Nights at Freddy's games on the PC because we were going to play them as part of our original Lights Off series, and then we never did. We ma- They made the, you know, they got cut. Yeah. So, yeah. You like scary games, Dave? I love scary games. Uh, I'm a fan of Fear. I play that. Layers of Fear also I play that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm I'm excited to play the medium. I think it's coming out now in November. So that looks pretty pretty good. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Really good. What's the scariest game that you played ever for you? For you too. Oh boy. Oh, I mean, I think the one that made me shit my pants the most was probably Slender the Arrival, and I played that with Steimer. I screamed so hard that I literally pulled a muscle in my chest. I don't even know what it was. That one mm. gets me. Five Nights at Freddy's gets me. When I first played Layers of Fear, that also really made me clench the butt. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What about you? Um, you know, it's tough because I don't play nearly as many scary games as Britt does. So my pool is smaller because I'm not really a fan of scary games. Okay. I love scary movies, but like having the agency and having to 
play the game is the part that I always find challenging. But yeah. I mean, some of the early Resident Evil games that I like dipped my toe in was like, nope. Um, <laughs> so those games um, yeah. were pretty scary. We also played um, Outlast. So Outlast, I think the reason why I, that game is so scary for me is because you can't fight. You just have to run away. And there's so much just really like grotesque imagery in that game mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, my, yeah, so gross. Good stuff. Yeah. You know which one I really enjoy that a lot of people should try it out is Ultu uh, Dawn for the PlayStation 4. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We streamed that. Oh, it was my fun. God. One of my favorite games. So good. So, so good. Have you been playing the Dark Picture anthologies? Yes, I played it. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really yeah, good. So yeah, so Man of Madan came out, um, and now Little Hope is out in October, I believe. Yeah, I'm very I'm very excited for that one. So, Yeah, because I had never heard about the game, and I saw it on Game Pass. I'm like, oh, snap, this is this is from the creators of Ultil Dawn. Oh, I'm in there. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good game. Really good game. Highly recommended. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely recommend. Lots of fun. Maybe when that one comes out, we'll have to stream that one, too. Maybe Danny will have to stream it with us. Yes. Oh, yes, I'll join. Yeah. I'll join. They, you know, they have that kind of, you know, controller, past the controller mode. Yeah, yeah. I never tried that. I never tried that yet. So is there a yeah. difference between that or, or playing solo? Not well, really. Well, the big difference is that you only get access to certain characters' storylines. Mm-hmm. But you kind of get that when you play solo, too, right? You can only see one side of what's happening. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's interesting when you're playing with multiple people that, you know, you kind of get to see how people make choices differently mm-hmm. than you might make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll try yeah. it out. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I love the replay value of that. So. Yeah. Keep it's everyone like alive. adventure book. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Brittany, I see that the first story on the docket, of course, is Xbox Series X. If you guys have been on social media this morning, you may have seen that a bunch of outlets have been getting some hands-on time with the new console that is slated to debut in November. And Britt has got the details. I have some of the details. Woohoo! Okay, so <laughs> so these are hands-on details regarding specifically backward compatible games, load times, and quick resume. I feel like that's the only stuff that these outlets could cover. And if you want some really deep, deep dives where they go into all the technical nitty-gritty, read the articles. But I just kind of pulled some of the high-level thoughts here from certain outlets. So this one, first one comes from VentureBeat. Quote, Microsoft designed the Xbox Series X to address the shortcomings that developers and gamers have had to deal with since 2013. The weak CPU that has held back world design and simulation complexity, the old laptop-style hard drives that slow down the interface in the games, and the I.O. architecture that would bottleneck even an internal SSD. All of that is why I veered so hard into PC gaming in 2015, and I'm hoping that the launch of the Xbox Series X will enable us to bury those tired old machines. This is the console that we should have had years ago, and I'm so ready for it. The next one comes from The Verge. The Xbox Series X felt like I was playing on a familiar Xbox that's a lot faster and more capable. The experience of switching back to an Xbox One was genuinely dispiriting. For running my existing Xbox games, the Series X feels like I just upgraded my iPhone. Everything feels smoother and faster. That's what she said. From The Verge. And then finally from GameSpot. I was able to keep six games simultaneously suspended in quick resume and hop between them to pick up right where I left off. When I booted a seventh game, the first game I queued up in the process had to be relaunched, so I lost the exact spot where I had left it suspended in. There doesn't seem to be a warning when you're about to cause another game state to close completely, but let's be honest, having six games held in quick resume is more than enough. 
And then we have some loading times. So for example, if you're playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Xbox Series X, it takes 38 seconds. On the Xbox One X, two minutes and eight seconds. If you're playing Control, 10 seconds. Xbox One X, 58 seconds. Final Fantasy 15, 13 seconds on the Xbox Series X. On the Xbox One X, one minute, 11 seconds. And for the Outer Worlds, it's 11 seconds versus 43 seconds. Whoo! I'm excited. Oof, Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for it. For it. Definitely. I w- definitely want to try out uh, Control and the Outer Worlds once uh, I get some, you know, the device. We'll see. Oh, wait, you haven't played the Outer Worlds yet? Oh, I love the Outer Worlds. I, the thing is, I've oh, played it so many times. Go back. Yeah, I'll go back. Yeah, I, p- I already finished it three or four times already. So oh, I, wow. Yeah, yeah. Impressive. I, yeah, I love that game so much. Yeah, I even tried it out for the Nintendo Switch, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. How did you find it on Switch? Ooh, it was good. Um, the loading time was pretty bad, though. That was the only thing that I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there were some parts that it was very slow in some parts, depending on the, the area. But uh, overall, it was pretty good. I, I, I played it all the way to the end, so... Yeah. yeah, but no, all yeah, these yeah. impressions for the most part were all very positive. And it all mm-hmm. seems like the solid state drive is like the big winner here. Obviously, the quick resume is that program that allows you to start one game and then start another game and then start another game. And apparently up to seven games for this instance without having to boot it back up. You can just without having to go through the process of like putting the other game and booting it back up. So you can just essentially have all these games running at once. I personally will probably not use that, but I'm assuming if you play, you know, like a lot of multiplayer games with your friends, because you actually play online with your friends, then, you know, you might take advantage of it. Some other interesting tidbits, um, the orientation, I thought this was funny from Ryan McCaffrey at IGN, said, I think the Series X also looks very nice in its vertical orientation. I can't say the same when it's laying on its side. It looks more like a fireplace log. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, but you know what's interesting uh, yeah, about that though is that uh, how are people going to accommodate that into their entertainment centers? It feels like it has to be set on top then, or it has to be set on the ground next mm-hmm. to your entertainment center. The problem is if you also get the play- PlayStation Five and this, where where are you going to put it? Like it's it's both pretty big, especially the PlayStation Five is huge. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I'm lucky boys. I'm going to have them. a log in my entertainment stand. That's yeah. <laughs> But also, one thing that they said, too, that is very quiet compared to, like, the other previous consoles. Yeah, so that's a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very very excited to try it out. Um, And also, I I pre-ordered the the Xbox Series S. Oh, so did I. Yeah, Actually. Was it it easy for you? Because it it took me, like, an hour and a half to pre-order mine. So the Series S actually went relatively quickly on the Microsoft Store. I had a pretty easy time of it. But then when I went back to try to get the Series X, could not get one. Tried for multiple hours, went back later in the day. Mm-hmm. But John said that he got one. So hopefully it will be covered. I'm hoping that Xbox is going to send one because clearly they've sent them out already. Yeah, but <laughs> no. I, have to say, I have to say this about that. I'm very happy to see that Xbox is doing this really early now in September because, you know, Previously, every time there's like a new console comes out, we always will get it like maybe like two weeks before a week before a launch. But this is like I, I think originally they were going to release this probably uh, early um, if it wasn't for COVID. Mm. But okay, it looks like they, they have a lot of units. So that's pretty good. And they're ready too. Yeah, I think it's smart because I think the question kind of has been what's going to be so special about this next generation of hardware because what's the graphical leap going to be like? It's going to be that big of a deal. But I think it's kind of comes down to these little quality of life improvements. So I think it's smart of them to get that marketing out now and that messaging out now when, you know, Mm -hmm. 
And you, yeah. know, you can't buy one even if you wanted one. Even if all this sold you, you probably couldn't get one right now. The, the smart oh, thing... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to say it's interesting that they also are really kind of dominating the news cycle and PlayStation is just sitting back. There's still a lot about the PlayStation 5 we don't know. And if somebody has hands-on with it, are they going to give multiple outlets hands-on or are they going to do like another exclusive with somebody, which I hope that they don't. I think that it's better if they have a variety of coverage out there instead of one outlet, even if it is Digital Foundry who is like known for doing this type of coverage. I still would like to see multiple people with hands-on, but... Um, Xbox is really just like out there just like swinging their marketing around being yep. like here mm-hmm. we are we're ready everybody pre-order yeah but a couple of days ago I don't know if you saw uh, Travis Scott he took a picture of him with the PlayStation controller and what? I have yep, a theory about I that I, do I, have, I miss that I have, yeah it was on Saturday or Friday or something like that but I have a theory about that so Travis Scott is under Sony Music, so that's one. Uh, you know, it's part of Sony. But he only had the controller, and it was off. And there was no stories, no IG stories. It was just an image, and that's about it. So huh. I think the reason that happened was because Xbox sent out a lot of these consoles to the media. There has been a lot of big buzz about that, right? And out of nowhere, Travis Scott just took a picture of the controller and said that he was going to play all night. But he doesn't have the console. He doesn't have the console. The console is not out there yet. You don't think so? You think he was just fibbing? Yeah. Look, if you take it back a couple months ago, Jeff Keighley also uh, had the the controller, Mm -hmm. but he never showed the console. It was only the controller. So I don't know how that happened with him, maybe like a special dev kit, but Travis Scott, he's going to get a console before the media? I don't really doubt that, man. Yeah. (laughs) I I really doubt it. Sony has a very Mm. unorthodox marketing and PR strategy. They always kind of have, at least Mm -hmm. if I take what's good games dealings with PlayStation PR as any indication of like, it doesn't seem like they have like a a set rollout for anything that they do. They kind of custom make each campaign for each project. Mm -hmm. And working with influencers of the nature of a man like Travis Scott, you know, is a choice. It's a choice to say, hey, we are going after the broader consumer audience and not the gaming specific audience, which I think is a mistake. Because I think the people who are going to be early adopters in a year where there's the pandemic with economic fallout, you're going to want to go after your hardcore fans who have set aside funds or who were always going to buy in at day one no matter what. And is that the general market? No. No. I know. Hmm. I, but, t- you know, I t- agree with you. I don't run strategy yet. So Look, <laughs> if he had, if he had the, contr- the the both the controller and the console, he would have taken the picture and that's it, not show the screen. But just the controller, I have a lot of questions about that. I don't believe it. So, so Travis yeah. Scott, if you're watching, if you're watching this show right now, if you post. <laughs> The console and the controller together, <laughs> I'll believe you. But right now, I don't believe you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he probably just had a controller, and he probably doesn't follow. The, I mean, I'm just making an assumption here. I shouldn't do that. But I was going to make the assumption that he might not follow the industry. I don't know. Maybe he's a hard, hardcore gamer. I don't know. So to say, like, yeah. you're playing something, like the PS5, that has a huge weight to it that he might not realize. And all of us nerds are out there, like, I don't know. I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, he knows. I mean, he's been working with... Epic Games and Fortnite for a couple of years now, so okay. like it, it, he's in the he's in the community. I think he gets it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we're all just a little salty about it. I yes. feel like that's I'm very salty. <laughs> yeah, pour me over my dinner, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're hoping to get hands on with 
the new Xbox Series X soon, but we're just gonna have to keep waiting like we're gonna have to do for this next product. So last week in a surprise announcement, Really, if you think about it, not that shocking, but wasn't anticipating them making the announcement at this moment. Amazon's like, hey, everybody, we're here to join the cloud gaming circuit. <laughs> so let me read a couple of these details about what is going on. So CNET has a great write-up about all of the products that Amazon announced that they're going to be debuting this fall, including the new date for their... Amazon Prime Day, which usually happens in July, which is now happening October 13th, I believe. So the thing that they announced was Amazon Luna and the internet giant unveiled it, as I mentioned last week. And it's going to be a cloud gaming streaming service for Fire TV, phones, tablets, and computers that rivals what Microsoft is doing with xCloud and Google Stadia. A Luna Plus subscription is going to cost $5.99 per month as part of an invite-only early access pricing. And... The controller that goes with was also part of early access and it's priced at $50, though gamers will be able to use Xbox One or PlayStation DualShock 4 controllers, as well as a mouse and keyboard to play games. Running on Amazon's AWS servers, games will stream up to 1080p resolution and 60 frames per second at launch, with 4K support teased as coming soon. Though a full list of titles wasn't immediately available, the company did say that games available in early access will include Control, Resident Evil 7, Grid, Ukulele, and The Impossible Lair, along with Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Now, Ubisoft will be among the early notable publishers on the platform, including bringing their upcoming Assassin's Creed Valhalla to Luna, although no timeline was given for when its games are going to be playable. So a bunch of coming soon air quotes that we're seeing here. Amazon has said that those watching Twitch streams, like everybody at twitch.tv slash what's good games right now, are going to be able to subscribe to its service and be able to go right from watching Twitch to instantly playing on Luna. Now, Amazon does recommend a minimum internet connection speed of 10 megabits per second for streaming games, with 35 megabits per second listed as the requirement for playing in 4K. The company said that Luna will be available on Fire TV, Mac, and PC, as well as through web apps for iPhone and iPad had as long as those devices are running iOS 14. Now, the use of web apps seems to be how Amazon is getting around Apple's App Store restrictions, which have previously <laughs> blocked Microsoft from offering its xCloud gaming service for iPhone and iPad users. Google's Android is not listed as a launch platform, but is, quote, coming soon. Hmm. So, ah. Danny, what do you think? Amazon uh, have a shot here? They, well... I have a lot of questions because uh, I want to know like exclusive content. And by the way, we have to talk about that later on if you if we get the chance. But uh, oh yeah, no, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to know is exclusive content because all these games is going to be available on, on other devices too. So in other services. So why I should use Amazon Luna? Why? What is the purpose for me? You know. So, yeah. That's kind yeah. of the question I think we all have is why? I get why? the Twitch the Twitch integration is a pretty cool thing for a yeah. lot of people. It's not something that appeals to me cuz I typically don't watch people playing games on Twitch. But uh yeah, I mean I played Stadia for Orcs Must Die 3 and the experience was like fun. It was it was okay. Like I don't I feel like okay is even too nice of a word. It worked, but there was mm -hmm. a lot a lot a lot of technical hiccups. Like the screen was like bleeding. It was really weird even though we have fantastic Wi-Fi. I digress. So I see this and I'm like, "Okay, cool. But why?" 
I have a lot of questions about that. Why? Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that they came out and said, yo, we're not going to doing 4K at launch. No one really wants it. We're not going to do it. We're doing 1080p and we're going to stick with that, see how it goes. That's smart. I think what a lot of consumers who are maybe familiar with xCloud or Stadia don't realize is that Amazon Web Servers, AWS, is the most powerful web infrastructure in the world. And Microsoft's Azure system does rival it as far as reach and power. But Google Stadia is actually not nearly as comprehensive as AWS is around the world. And I think that that's kind of the X factor here and why they may be able to smartly deploy something like this and have it work where Stadia has not. Now, you would think that Google would be able to get it together and also be able to compete, but I don't know why they've still been struggling with the technical part of it. Obviously, we know that from a library and a software side, there's a lot of issues there. Like the, the Stadia library is still just not where it needs to be. And I think this fall, they're finally going to start catching up. But now with the new hardware coming in, it's like, well, can Google Stadia compete with PS5 and Xbox Series X, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think what's really interesting also about Twitch versus YouTube, because Google Stadia has, you know, in their big flashy GDC presentation, they talked all about YouTube doing the exact same thing that Amazon is now saying Luna will do with Twitch, but they haven't rolled out that feature yet, right? And we haven't seen it in action. And we know that people, when they're live streaming, that Twitch is just by far and away a bigger platform and people go to YouTube for VOD, right? The, the video on demand is a much bigger segment of the gaming content creation space. But when it comes to live streaming specifically, Twitch is still winning. So I would really like to see those two services compared side by side once they're both available <laughs> and usable. Mm -hmm. But again, I think what it comes down to is like, who wants this? Who is this for? You know, are people going to use this as like a second, you know, console? Or are they going to use this as their primary because they don't want to invest in the new console generation? And maybe they play primarily on PC. I don't, I don't know. I don't know I have the answers. <laughs> hey, I know, um, was it a couple months ago, they released, uh, Amazon released an MMO for the PC, I believe. Oh, uh, I forgot the name yes, of it. Yes, they did. But it wasn't market. Like it was just we released it and that's it. And New it was World? a flop. I think it's New World. It's called. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing: if they were pretty bad promoting that, do you think they could pr promote this too to the masses, to the big big gaming audience? I don't think so. See, at least Google Stadia. Every time you use um, uh, YouTube and watch videos there, you will see ads everywhere of Stadia. You know, at least they're they're trying to put it out there. You know, but I think the majority of people. Are probably going to stick with um, with a uh, you know Xbox with Game Pass because it's optional or with PlayStation PlayStation Now. So mm. yeah. you don't think that Amazon is going to leverage its millions and millions of Prime account holders not, to not push now. Luna? Maybe maybe in the future, but not now. I don't I don't think so right uh, well, now. I mean, it's smart of them to not do it right away. Yeah, quite honestly, because right now I, I'm, um, Amazon, uh, no, not Amazon, but PlayStation, Xbox are one going to be the talk for the whole the whole holiday season. So maybe mm -hmm. sometime next year, once once uh, Amazon will allow more people to join into the service, I think that's like the right time for them to start promoting it. Plus, again, content is key. They don't have the yeah. right content. Why should I join this if I could play this on any other device? Yeah, if they can if they can bundle it right. So I just mm -hmm. googled it, and according to an article from The Verge from January of this year. Amazon announced that they have over 150 million Prime subscribers mm -hmm. on planet Earth. That's a lot That's of a Prime lot. subscribers. So if they can bundle in some kind of pass with Luna and Prime, like they have with Prime Gaming for Twitch, then I think 
this is a gigantic market that should not be overlooked because if they can offer people discounts on buying games, if you're an Amazon Prime user, let's say you get 10% off a game on Luna and you don't get that 10% on Stadia or xCloud, why wouldn't you buy it on Luna? Mm. <sighs> mm. Um, also, I just want to clarify real quick. The game yeah. is not New World. It's Crucible. Crucible was the one that came Crucible. out. Crucible. Yeah, okay. Lucigen in chat said Crucible was super not ready for people to play it. I just wanted to clear the air. Don't so wait, they mad. rushed this? <laughs> they, they, rushed rushed? This thing? they rushed this thing? I think, too, when it comes down to a lot of this, and I think where Google Stadia really ultimately flopped was just in their messaging and their marketing. I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think the audience... Us, we're, we're, we're okay. We're open to this like streaming world because we see the writing on the wall. It's going to be the way of the world. But mm -hmm. Google just completely flopped with their messaging and their expectations. Like Andrea was saying earlier, all these cool things that they touted at their big old flashy press conference, they're not available yet. So if Amazon can keep those expectations in check, I think that's where they can really pull ahead. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Have you have you uh, tried xCloud at all? Mm -mm. Both of you? No? I haven't. Yes. I tried it, I have it at an event, too. though. I have it right I've here. I tried it like, yeah, I know. Go ahead. You can show it off. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not trying to show off. I'm just saying that I do play all the time. So sometimes I'll go to the park and I'll take it with me and I'll, I'll just play there. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons or right now I'm playing a lot of Destiny right now. How right. is it on public Wi-Fi? Really good. So far, really good. I tried uh, public Wi-Fi at Times Square as a test. Smooth. I was playing Escape of uh, Gears of War. Gears of War five, nice, smooth, very smooth. Yeah. Also, yeah. When I'm so I tried it. I tried Gears on it, and I tried Doom on it. Um, no, not Doom. Something else. I tried Doom on Stadia. There was like a couple of games that I tried on XCloud, and mm -hmm. I was in a very controlled internet environment. So I was like, this looks great, but how is it on hotel Wi-Fi? Because that's ah. going to be like my once traveling resumes. That's going to be like my number one use case for mm -hmm. streaming is when I'm on the road and I don't want to bring my console with, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I would love to see how it goes on airport Wi-Fi, like notoriously oh, slow. I, have, like the I worst. tried it. I tried it at uh, LaGuardia. I was playing for like two hours straight, Gears, multiplayer, uh -huh. smooth. I'm Smooth. That was right before everything got shut down. That was like my last trip I was going to Orlando. Uh, yeah. well, that and makes it was, me feel good. Yeah, it was still under beta. Okay. That's cloud. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Mm. Really good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see how Luna stacks up and if they're going to go after exclusive titles or exclusive deals the same way that we anticipate that Stadia is going to be rolling out. Obviously, Stadia has already shown that they've gotten a couple exclusives. Nothing like wild, um, but I played Darksiders Genesis on Stadia because it came to console through Stadia first. So I think that if Amazon can pull some deals like that, that they absolutely can stand toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I think what's really going to happen is some of these other streaming services like NVIDIA's service and some of the other ones out there are probably going to end up falling away because there's just too many options on the market and it's going to probably solidify down into just a couple of major, major you know, players in the space. And when it comes to web services... Amazon's king right now, so it'll be interesting to see how they stack up. Um, we do have a couple questions about this from people that wrote in to whatsgoodgames.com slash DRWGG. And don't forget, if you guys have questions for Danny, if you have questions about anything we've talked about, you can drop them in the chat, or of course you can drop them at whatsgoodgames.com slash DRWGG. Um, so I feel like we've talked a little bit about this. Tim asked, what do you ladies think about Amazon's new Luna Cloud gaming service? Do you think that they were able to get onto iOS, but xCloud hasn't been able to? 
yet. <laughs> don't worry. Apple will find a way to shut them down. Don't worry. They'll do it. I don't think so. They want Apple that 30%, and Amazon 30%. got in trouble. <laughs> Got in trouble for price fixing a couple years back, if anybody recalls. So eh. Apple and Amazon are, are, you know, they're they're friends. Let's just say that. Uh, we'll see though, because if Amazon's finding a way to make a lot of money, Apple will absolutely find a way to be like, hello. But, but you know, I'm very hey. surprised that this is not going to be available for Android. There's a bigger audience of Android outside international, outside of the United States, way more than it's iOS. It's because the platform infrastructure is so different among Android devices mm -hmm. that I'm guessing that the way that they are rolling out the code, that they just need more time to optimize it. If you remember Fortnite, <laughs> that's so funny now because Fortnite like on iOS was like a big thing. It launched on iOS first. It was on iOS for a long time before Android finally happened. It was over a year, I believe, before Epic Games was able to roll Fortnite out onto Android devices because... For the same reason that they're mad at Daddy Apple now, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, it's easier to launch on iOS because their infrastructure is locked down because Apple takes very good care of the way that they roll out software, which we have seen now can be a help or a hindrance. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but. But I hope it works out, though, because uh, I think there's a huge audience that is going to be missing out for this opportunity to play it, so... Oh, no, they said that it's coming to Android, just not at launch. Yeah, so but I, I just don't... It's coming I, soon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I just hope it's not a year <laughs> like yeah. Fortnite, you know? you know, so... Yeah. So we'll see. Agreed. All right, let's move on to the Brit Variety Hour of news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next stories are about Yakuza and Yakuza. Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read. I'll read. I volunteer as tribute. Okay. So Sega developing live action adaptation based off Yakuza video game with 1212 and Wild Sheep. This is an exclusive via Variety. Sega is developing a live action adaptation from its Yakuza video game franchise with 1212 Entertainment and Wild Sheep content. Variety has learned exclusively. Eric Barmack, Roberto Grande, and Joshua Long will produce 1212 and Wild Sheep are searching for writers for the script. Quote, Yakuza offers us a new playground in which to set compelling stories with complex characters in a unique environment that audiences have rarely seen before. The saga of Kazuma Kiru has a built-in cinematic appeal, a mix of kinetic action with bursts of comedy, multiple converging storylines, and a gripping journey toward redemption. Barmak said, with our background in telling global stories, we are excited to bring this huge project to global platforms. Boo! Okay, so... It sounds like we don't have full clarification whether or not this is actually going to be based off of the characters that we know and love. Will Kiru be involved? Will Majima be involved? Daigo? Like, we don't know these things. And I've seen some outlets report that it will be based off of Kazuma Kiru, but I, I haven't heard that officially. And I feel like in this instance, as we all know, with any live action version of a franchise that we know and love, you're just kind of better to try to not, <laughs> to try to like maybe put it, make it take place in the same universe, both different characters. So I think that's when you really run into some trouble. But I have hope for this because the, let me pull it up. Here we go. The Yakuza studio head, Toshihiro Nagoshi, has basically said, these sort of deals are usually looked at from a business perspective in the sense that, hey, we want to license this thing that you own. We're going to make money off of it. You'll make money off of it. It'll be great. You don't have to have too much involvement in it. 
but the studio head is essentially saying, no, I want total, like, I want to be very, very involved. And if it doesn't make sense, and if it's not good, we're not moving through with it. And essentially, he will shut it down. And he said what I think is really important, that I don't think a Yakuza movie is something that needs to be done for the sake of it. So it can, it can only happen if it's going to be good. So, yay. Thank you. Okay, I've talked You look enough. very happy. I'm very happy. No, this is this is awesome. And there was another live action movie like Dragon that released in Japan in 2007. And I watched it on YouTube because I don't know of another legal way to purchase it and watch it. Whoops. And it was fun. I mean, I feel like it, it would be kind of hard to screw up a Yakuza movie. You just need a lot of cornball cheese, a lot of awesome action. And I think you're going to be set. Hot Japanese men. Let's go. Let's go. No, I have a question about that. About Because okay. uh, I, I have the games downloaded through Game Pass. Which one I should start first? Because is it zero or should I start something else? Absolutely start at Yakuza 0. Yakuza zero. 0 takes place before all the other games. And it's a really great introduction into some of the key characters that you will see throughout the series. So you want to start with Yakuza 0, then go to Kiwami, Kiwami 2. Then you can go to 3, 4, 5, and 6 and Like a Dragon. Got to play So more. what happened if I just start playing Like a Dragon? Am I going to miss out? Anything else? No, my understanding past? of Like a Dragon is that it does take place in the same universe, obviously. And I think some of the events that have happened in the prior Yakuza games will impact the world that you're playing in. But it's a whole new cast of characters. So you don't need to have played any of the other ones to appreciate it. New well, location for the most part and everything. Yes. Oh, well, thank you for the help. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is a good day, friends. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Good day. Uh, next story. Do you want me to read this next one or you want you? You got it. Uh, you know, I'll read this next one, then you can read the Resident Evil news so I can just, like, make weird faces the whole time. You got it. All right, the next story. Yakuza Like a Dragon hits PS5 in March. New November release date for all other platforms from IGN. So Sega has confirmed Yakuza Like a Dragon's PlayStation 5 release in the West while also slightly adjusting its release date on all other platforms. So Like a Dragon is now set to launch on Xbox Series X and S, PS4, and PC on November 10th. The next Yakuza, however, will not hit PlayStation 5 until March 2nd, 2021 in the West for $59.99. But those who purchase Like a Dragon digitally on PS4, though, will receive a free upgrade to the PS5 version. It's not that hard to do that, friends. I'm looking at you, Spider-Man. As is the case on the Xbox One to Xbox Series X and S versions. <sighs> so I thought this had already been confirmed, though, that it was coming out on the 10th. But maybe that was just rumor. But yeah, so it, for all consoles, essentially, except for the PS5, it's coming out on November 10th, which is the launch date of the Xbox Series S and X. And then, sorry, PlayStation fans, you got to wait. Which is kind of no. So Grizz yeah. wrote in to Dear WGG and says, with the latest news about Like a Dragon coming out in March 2021 for PS5 and Series X, will you be playing it on PS4 or jumping to Series X for the better version? Thanks for taking my question. Oh, yeah, absolutely be playing on Xbox Series X. Are you kidding? I want to see Ichiban's pores on his face. I want to like, <laughs> I want to see every wrinkle, every crevice. Uh, yeah, I, the only thing that I was a little nervous about was because historically, Yakuza has been a PlayStation franchise, right? But now with Game Pass, we're seeing Yakuza coming to Xbox. I was a little worried that maybe if you play, you know, if you played all the Yakuza games on your PlayStation 4 or whatnot, that you might get a special perk if you played on PlayStation 5. And I was worried I might miss out on that. But I haven't heard anything about that. So for sure, Xbox Series X. Yeah, I mean, it's good that they're releasing this on Game Pass. Now it's a whole new audience that never played it. They're going to play it for the first time now. You know, so that's, I think that's a really good thing. Really good thing. And I'm happy there's a free upgrade if you buy the PlayStation 4 version. Thank mm -hmm. God. Because this is very confusing. There's certain games that you could buy on PS4 and you will get a free upgrade on PS5. But it's not that many games. I know Cyberpunk is one of them too. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, like you yeah, said about Mumrons. Yeah, it seems Mom developer Rons. 
specific, right? Like yeah. they have to make the the choice to do that. And I'm guessing it has something to do with the way they have to update the code. But I we talked about this before and how I really wanted the platform holders, like I wanted Xbox and Sony to just make it universal the way that it's rolled out. You either get to opt in and the, this is the way you opt in or you don't opt in. But it feels like they didn't do that. It doesn't feel like it. They didn't do that. And and so now we have a lot of confusing messaging about some games that have certain sections, but only if you buy this special edition. And then other games have it where you can just do a straight, you know, cross progression. And it's just, it's all super confusing now. It yeah. is confusing. Very, very much. I, I'm wondering if... If it's going to change now that more people are going to be speaking out about this, because it's not looking good for like a game like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, that's coming out now in November. People are, people are very pissed off about that. You can't even upgrade it to a PS5. You know, so. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It, it's especially confusing because it's a Sony-owned exclusive game. That's the real head-scratcher. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you can make money off of it, Andrea. That's it. Money. That's it. Money. Marvel's like, um, excuse money. me, we want our money. So uh, yeah. you guys need to keep giving us our money. <laughs> and if you want to offer it for free and then pay us the money that we would have got, we're cool with that. And I'm sure Sony's like, well, actually, about that. About that. <laughs> Why don't we just charge people, okay? Yeah. A few but- more um, quick Yakuza things. Yakuza fans, we have another reason to clench our butts because the 15-year anniversary is December 8th, 2020, and it sounds like there's going to be a nice little slew of announcements coming for that, including maybe some game announcements. Holy crap. Also, there's a Sega concert announced that's happening in December, and it's featuring music from Sonic the Hedgehog, Fantasy Star Online, Sakura Wars, Yakuza, and Persona. Now, if that doesn't sound like the best fucking time of your life, I don't know what does. I'm a huge PSO fan. Huge. Yeah, I know you uh, are. Yeah. I love, yeah, but you were right behind me when they made the announcement at E3. Oh, that's I right. Almost, I, I almost cried, but I didn't. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. So then Khalif took a picture of me, and you see me like this with my arms up, like screaming, yes, PSO's coming. Oh, that was so, a good day. Yeah, very excited. Oh, it's a good time to be alive, Aww. friends. Well, you, you too and your enthusiasm. It warms my slightly dead heart. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. But it's imp- I think it's important to show that. You know, I get excited seeing Britney screaming, you know, like every time we sit, sit like close to each other, you know, because those games means a lot to you, you know, and it's the same thing with me with PSO. Mm-hmm. It means a lot to me. So, yeah, I, I love that. It's very exciting. And we have to share that to our audience, too. Got to show yes. that positive yes. energy, you know. That's why I want these events to come back because yes. I can't get the same gif moments of Britney if we're streaming because then I want to go full screen on Britney and then everyone's like no we have to watch the announcement I'm like but I want to watch Britney watch the announcement yeah yeah we need, we need these events man hurry up please yes come back <laughs> come back yes I want to see people again. Yes. Um, all right. Let's uh, move on. We have a couple more stories to get through. A lot of news today, everybody. Yeah. Um, speaking of watching Britney react to the news, Resident Evil's animated series is coming to Netflix. So Polygon writes, a new original Resident Evil animated series is coming in 2021. And Capcom and Netflix announced that it is called Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. It will focus on the series mainstay Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield. Capcom has described Resident Evil Infinite Darkness as an original CG anime series with a horror action vibe. By adding suspense into dynamic action scene, this series will reveal a Resident Evil world unlike anything we've seen before. 
said Capcom in its official description of the project. The series' first teaser trailer doesn't offer many details beyond that. It's going to be produced and supervised by Capcom's Hiroyuki Kobayashi, a longtime producer of the Resident Evil series and producer of the three computer animated films. This is so great. Okay, so we did get a trailer. And Dan, I think you said it was Netflix Portugal because I was on a Twitter hiatus Mm -hmm. over the weekend, leaked it, and then they deleted it. And then finally the official announcement came out. So yeah, the trailer itself was only a minute long and it starts with Claire and she looks very similar to her Resident Evil 2 character except for she doesn't have the same leather jacket on and she looks a little, I'd say, older. Um, And she walks, she's walking in the creepy ass woods. It's dark. She comes across an abandoned house. She opens the door. It's very apparent that people haven't been in there for a while. And there are vials on the ground and she steps on them. Shit's oozing out of it. What could go wrong? And as she searches the house, she finds someone who it looks like blew their brains out with a shotgun. And then it follows to Leon and there's a zombie. It's a zombie, which is great. So we're not getting, I mean, you know me, I'm a true blue. Give me the zombies. That's what makes me happy. Uh, It's a, looks like a regular T virus inflicted zombie. And there's a man I didn't recognize struggling with it. And then Leon comes up and apparently shoots the zombie in the head. And then all is well, Leon's character looks much more akin to his resident evil Four character where he still has that, that little bowl cut or whatever it's called, but it looks a lot shaggier and he looks a little bit more worn and weathered. Leon has seen some shit, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm really excited about this, obviously. And I lo- what I love about the CG take on games is that it can be so much more similar to the games that we know and love is essentially like watching all of the, you know, cutscenes back to forth in a one great big beautiful movie. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just excited. It's a series. So we're getting this, we're getting the live action, which is like the whole weird alternate universe Resident Evil it's a good time. It's a good time to be a zombie fan, friends. Not to mention, if you've seen the CG movies, those are all canon. So I'm assuming and hoping that this will also be canon. And it's going to be interesting to see where it lands in between which games. Because you have, I have it here, Degeneration, which was between Resident Evil 4 and 5. Damnation, which was between Resident Evil 5 and 6. And Vendetta, which was between 6 and 7. So maybe mm. this will take place between 7 and 8 and follow Leon and Claire. Who could say? Exciting yeah. times. Yeah, you, do you think it's going to be related somehow with the new one at all? Like maybe a hint or It depends cuz this is coming out in 2021, right? And so is Resident Evil Village, so there could be some sort of tie in there. And yeah. then last we hear from Leon and Claire, we don't really know their whereabouts if I'm not mistaken. So this could be something that's running parallel to what's happening in RE8. And it's going to be exciting. It's I I don't know. I'm just I'm here for it. I'm so here hey, for it. Hey, bring yeah. it on. I just want more horror games, man. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Yes, let's go. Let's go. No, but it looks it looks looks really good. And and the feedback the feedback from everybody else that ever since that trailer got released over the weekend, people like it got excited. So Oh yeah. Really cool. Oh yeah. Netflix yeah. Netflix is going all out with like video game uh and video game series. They are lately, right? Yeah, yeah. they're going It's out. almost as if they understand that people who pay for streaming services like nerdy stuff. Yeah, and, and again, Andrea, exclusive content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that as soon as we're done with the news. Danny, don't worry. You'll get your chance. You'll get your chance. <laughs> it's okay. 
Uh, I'm trying to pull up this footage from this next story. Brittany, if you would do me the honors. Absolutely. So Capcom releases new Resident Evil Village footage, looking to port to PS4 and Xbox One. This comes from Bloody Disgusting. So Capcom has dropped new footage for Resident Evil Village during their panel at TGS 2020. Before things started, Capcom announced that they are looking to port Village to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Quote, while Resident Evil Village is being developed specifically for next-generation consoles and PC, we're looking into delivering the experience on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One as well. Producer Suyushi Konda said during the Capcom special program, quote, we're looking into it, but we can't make any promises. However, we'll do our best to create a top-tier survival horror experience on current-generation consoles. So wholesome, so pure. Meanwhile, the developer diary entitled The Making of Resident Evil Village Winter Comes for Ethan clocks in at six minutes and focuses on the protagonist Ethan Winters. So yeah, this is a six-minute long dev diary that I've watched several times. And I think what's interesting about it is they talk a little bit about how they're really focusing on the player feeling like they're essentially experiencing a horror movie that they can control. It's kind of like, this is, here we go, there's a lot of emphasis on letting players play the game they want to play if they were there in real life. It's a horror movie you can play. So it sounds like the player's going to have a little bit more control over what they do and how they solve these puzzles in these beautiful set pieces that we kind of got to see some glimpses of. And I get the feeling that this is going to be Ethan Winter's last game. Is this last name even Winter's or did I just make that up? I don't know why Ethan Winter's just came out so naturally. Anyway, I, I'll figure that out later. I think this is going to be Ethan's last. I feel like this will be Ethan's last game because they were talking a lot about how this will be his story and we're going to see his story through to the end. And that's really what the core of Resident Evil Village is. The most exciting thing that they're not talking about, obviously, is what role does Chris play in this? And I think they're going to hold those details very close to them for the time being. Good times. I want... I wonder why people were getting so mad that this is also coming off of PS4 and Xbox One. Again, more people are going to play it. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. People I think, wouldn't know something good, Danny, if it smacked them upside the head. Yeah. You know, you, you know what? People thought that this was going to be like a next-gen game, and that's it. It's only PS5 and Xbox Series. That's it. But Almost every game that comes out at the start of the generation is cross-gen. That's exactly. the way that it has been. I don't mm -hmm. understand like why that's a bad thing. I get the idea of you want a developer to be able to focus on a specific piece of hardware to optimize and provide the best experience possible. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Danny, I think the idea of accessibility and having it be available to as many players as possible is mm -hmm. a better win. Yeah. We know yeah. that we're not going to get highly optimized games until the middle of the generation and towards the end of the generation anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing is too, remember, look, we're, we're in a really pretty bad economy right now worldwide. Not everybody's going to buy a next-gen console right away. So, you know, I think having available for other consoles there's gonna be an opportunity for everybody to play it so i think there's a really positive thing so keep it up i'm not mad about that at all now my question i do have is if i buy let's say on xbox one and in the future i'll buy the series x can i do like smart delivery download it for free or not because they haven't said anything about that right Capcom? Oh, yeah, I don't think they have said anything because they just... Not that I've heard. No? Yeah, because okay. they just recently announced that they're trying to bring it to last generation of console. So I imagine that will come later if they're able to succeed. Yeah, I, I hope they do add that, though. Mm -hmm. I don't want to oh, pay yeah. twice. That's not good. <laughs> no, it's not necessary. Not at all. It's not. Unless it's for Nintendo. Then we'll pay five times. Oh, yeah. six uh, times. Ten uh, times. Yeah. Oh, it's, our, it's our fault. We always do that. We always support that every single time. Every, every time there's a new system from Nintendo, they will re-release those games and we all buy it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> every single time. It's, it's the most fucked up thing ever. We talk about all the time how it's so weird that they do this, but we support them. And we yes. give them all of our money. 
But if anybody else does it, nay, nay, sir. No. Mm. Oh, no. How dare you? How dare you? She says that she has like 18 copies of Super, Super Mario World. Like, you know, what the fuck? It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's true, Rihanna. We're all sim for Big Nintendo. It's yep. true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Um, all right. Speaking of being a simp for things, Mass Effect <laughs> Legendary Edition is still coming. So this is the story that just will not die because we don't even know if it's real. Is it even alive yet? So many questions. So you guys, we have yet another weird update in this ongoing is it real, is it not real with the Mass Effect trilogy remasters. So this one comes again from VentureBeat. Um, I believe there is a man over there by the name of Jeff Grubb who has a source. (laughs) And this is where a lot of these rumors keep coming from. So EA, of course, still has not officially revealed that this thing is even existing but apparently it's not going to be coming out this year because it got delayed and the story basically is that the primary reason is the pandemic no surprise there that has caused a lot of things to be delayed in 2020 and apparently the original mass effect is just not quite making the cut as far as the porting process is going. And so they need a little bit more time, which is not surprising. The first Mass Effect had a lot of technical problems. And I know that it's some people's favorite. And it's okay that you're wrong. That's that's all right. But you do have to admit that there was some technical problems with the game. Yes. It's okay that you're wrong. Wow, you didn't even skip a beat on that one. <laughs> can, can we agree? Can we agree? Part two is the is the best one of the series of the three. Uh, of course, yes. Danny, without yes. a doubt. I've done many polls about this, and every time Mass Effect Two wins, as it should. Why people? Why people like the first one? The first one. Is I mean, not, it's great. It's a great game. It All is. of them are great games, but mm-hmm. it's not the best one. Mm-mm. Now, this is the negative part about three. I just, I didn't like the multiplayer. Like, what was the point of adding that in there? Yeah. I actually had a lot of fun with the multiplayer in Mass Effect, but what I didn't like is it's tied to your overall galactic readiness score that impacted the way that your campaign paid out or played yes. out. So yes. that to me was like a miss. Like I don't mind the I didn't mind the multiplayer. It was like wave based. It reminded me a lot of Horde mode and Gears, and I love Horde. And it was just another way to keep playing the game with friends. But yeah, it's tie-in to the main campaign was completely unnecessary. Yeah, totally agree. Didn't like it. <laughs> but go ahead, Mass Effect 2. I'll, I'll play it again. I, I've always mentioned Heck this. yes. That game is like the Empire Strikes Back of Star Wars. Mass Effect 2, all the way. Ooh, well... Mm, no? No? Yes. That ending yes. was epic. It was really good. It was really good. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is a great movie. I mean... Are we talking about like the best Star Wars films? Is that where no, this conversation I, I, no, is for, going? Out of the old, the old one, the three old one, the old trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I'm comparing, comparing it to that and the Mass Effect trilogy. I think Part Two oh. reminds me mm. of that vibe of Empire Strikes Back. I can I could see that. We would need to dive into this. I feel yeah. like <laughs> I want to have a deep dive into this analogy that you have hypothesized. Yeah, yeah. That we'll could see. be a fun. That could be a fun extra segment we should do, Danny. We'll have yeah. to have you back. Let's do it. How about when this game eventually gets officially announced? <laughs> Danny comes back and we deep dive into the uh, into the allegorical similarities between The Empire Strikes Back and Mass Effect 2. <laughs> yes. Go on your bad selves. <laughs> yeah, which which version would, would, uh, which one you will buy for which uh, console for this? We play a PC, Xbox, PlayStation? Oh, I would probably play this on my Xbox because that's where my first love of Mass Effect came from because it was exclusive on Xbox for mm-hmm. a long time. Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. But if 
it happens where they, you know, have some kind of a deal or they have, you know, special in-game digital items. I'll probably get it there too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Definitely like not 10 PC. Copies. You know, Danny, we, don't, we don't play PC games around here. Oh, oh, sorry. I don't play PC either. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I might, <laughs> get back I in might, your lane. <laughs> I might also get um, the Switch version. Now, Thinking wasn't it, it Danny? Yes. Why, though? Why? I thought I saw I, I, another rumor that the Switch, a rumor of the rumor that the Switch version actually wasn't happening. Well, here's that the thing. That sounds right. Well, well so is that, that's the rumor that's not going to happen? Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I read that somewhere. I didn't well, if they do, I'll I'll try because like I played The Witcher three on the Switch, the Outer Worlds on the Switch, and the reason is pre COVID I was traveling a lot, so I was always playing. So now I can't do that, but uh, yeah, in the future once I start traveling again, I could play it on the go. There you go. Or you could play it via XCloud, and it'll probably be better a better way to play. Yeah, quite honestly, if there's Wi Fi or internet. I can't do it on the plane. <laughs> that's true. Now that's going to be the real that's test, it, right? Yeah, is if yeah. you can stream with airplane Wi-Fi because yeah. you technically can't. You know what? Microsoft should Microsoft should partner up with an airline and and have that like that exclusive deal. If you travel, let's say American Airlines, you could play S Cloud. I think that would be awesome. Let's go, go, go! In flight internet. Yeah, yeah. Just log in to your 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 account, and that's it. Have it on their TV screens too, or on your device. One of the two. There you go. Pay me ten percent. <laughs> I do like how Agent Forty Seven in the chat is reminding us that there is a rumor that Switch is going to be going 4K and be more powerful next year, which I appreciate. But I think all you have to do is look at Electronic Arts's history with supporting ports for the Nintendo Switch, and they really don't have very many of them. Mm -mm. And so I think that that's more of an indication that this wouldn't come to Switch than it would be um, that the Switch is powerful enough to run it. I mean, of course, it, it can run it. I'm just saying, why would you choose to play it? Just like, why would you choose to play The Witcher on Switch when you could play it on PC or Andrew, because PS4? because it's fun. You can take it when you go <laughs> to the That's why. You know what? I, I was on a podcast and it was like a lot of people there. It was like a live show in New York. And they started asking me questions about the Switch. And I mentioned that I have The Witcher 3 on the Switch. And everybody looked at me like, why? Why are you playing on the Switch? And I told them, because it's a fun game. I'm not one of those like 4K graphics. I'm not, I'm really not into that. I'm more of like, if I'm having fun with it, don't care which version it is, I'll play with, I'll play that. Oh. Yeah. I admire that. Yeah. You know, good for you. No, thank you. That's very admirable. <laughs> All right, well, we're rapidly so running out of runway for the show, and we have to have a little debate. Um, I do want to just mention this in case you missed it. Today is the day that the Epic Games and Apple lawsuit legal battle is beginning. A hearing is going to take place, so we'll probably have an update for you on that hearing in the Friday show and Ooh. how that all goes in the ongoing saga between Apple and Epic. But uh, we're not going to talk about that now because on Twitter... Danny and Paris were talking about how they don't think that there is a world that exists where Xbox is not going to make their newly acquired Bethesda Game Studios games exclusive. And I said, nay, nay, those games will come to PlayStation. You are wrong, sirs. Oh, okay. Oh, so, so you guys you're... think they're always going to be exclusive and they're never going to go to another console. I think, okay, as of right now, there's two games that's coming out for PlayStation 5. That okay. was a done deal, right? Maybe there's other games that 
they haven't been announced yet. Maybe those are also coming out on PlayStation 5 or maybe multi-platform. But new Elder Scrolls, Starfield, Doom, there's no way that is going to also be available on PlayStation. Here's the thing. Andrea, if Google <laughs> would have acquired Bethesda, what, what do you think they would have done, the company? Google. A trillion dollar I, company. You, you Are you asking if I would think that they would make them Stadia exclusive? Yeah, Stadia exclusive or multi-platform. I think they would make them multi-platform because they have to make their money back. But they're a trillion dollar company. They want people to go to subscribe to Stadia. They don't want to give that to the competition. You know, sure. it's the same. It's the same I, thing I'm with Xbox. I'm all for that argument. Yeah. And I would then say to you, isn't it mm-hmm. still enough of a value proposition to say, hey, mm-hmm. if you pay for Xbox Game Pass, you will be able to play all of the Elder Scrolls games or the new, let's call it Elder Scrolls Six, even though that game's been announced. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt that it's going to be exclusive to Xbox. But let's just go down this imaginary world. Yeah. Um, you know, they could say you can play it for ten bucks a month mm-hmm. on Game Pass. Or you can buy it for $70 or $80 on PlayStation 5. So they're still incentivizing people to sign up for their service. They're still incentivizing people to buy their hardware. But they're also making it available to potentially tens of millions of other users. I mean, look at the PlayStation 4. 100 million units this generation. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people to leave by the wayside for a publisher as big as Bethesda. And as mm-hmm. I mentioned on Twitter, that a lot of people seem to have, take issue with, you know, a lot of the leadership at Xbox and Microsoft at large has talked about breaking down these barriers. And people have been like, well, Andrea, they're talking about breaking down the barrier between mobile and console. And I was like, no, but that is not just it, because Phil was very vocal about getting Minecraft on platforms like the Nintendo Switch, a competing platform, right? And Xbox and Microsoft have been, or excuse me, Xbox and Nintendo have been playing nice together, as you mentioned at the top of the show. Yeah. You know, Cuphead is there. Yeah, Ori yeah. was just released. So I think that what we would like to believe as gamers is that they're going to continue that philosophy mm-hmm. and make it available on all the platforms as Bethesda is multi-platform now. Yeah. I well, do not see a world where they go, you can no longer play Bethesda games on PlayStation. I think that that would be a complete miss. But, but, and, but you're, and you're saying I, I don't want to see it. You're saying that as like as a fan. I get it. It's not going to happen. It's 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 going to be exclusive because people look. Microsoft want people to subscribe to their service. The thing that people are not really talking about is the mobile audience. There's one billion over one billion users that have Android devices. That's the crowd that they're going for. They don't need to release this on PlayStation just to make extra money. Microsoft is a trillion-dollar company like Google, so they don't really need to do that at all. They'll it's be not fine. just about the money. Let me be clear. My position is not just about the money. Obviously, mm-hmm. with all deals, money is absolutely part yeah. of the position. Mm-hmm. But my bigger position is that it would go against a lot of the overall strategy that Xbox has been talking about and preaching about for the last couple of years. And I'm not just talking about Phil's recent statements. I'm talking about his statements dating back to when crossplay mm-hmm. really got pushed onto the scene through games like Minecraft, right? Like Rocket League was obviously the most vocal about it in the beginning, but mm-hmm. Minecraft is the one that made it happen, right? Like crossplay is here because Xbox teamed up with PlayStation to say, hey, we want to make this a thing. Let's make this cross-platform. Let's now make cross-play happen. Let's break down these barriers between 
them. And he's openly said he doesn't like the idea of ex exclusivity and having to do these exclusive deals. And a lot of it predates, as you mentioned, a lot of these deals have been done. Mm -hmm. and like the ink was signed years ago. Mm -hmm. But I... I don't. I don't think that that's a good win. I don't think that that's a win for Xbox. I think that they've done what? That's Danny, they've a... done so much. Danny, they've done so much good work <laughs> telling consumers yeah. we're being pro-consumer. We want to be pro-gamer. We want to do things that are good for the community and open up doors for people. And you know what would be against all of that? Saying, you know, flipping the bird to everybody who owns a PlayStation Five. Like I just. I, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I don't think Xbox is going to do that. So, what was the purpose of them, the company, buying a studio, seven point five billion dollars? What was the point of all that? that just to put the content to, to their to competition. Game, to add to Game Pass. Yes, that's the that's the goal. So, why are Microsoft is going to put that on PlayStation? Like, why? Why? Because what you can the, tell. That's because giving, you can tell people they can get it as part of Game Pass, and it's still it's still a, a reason why people would want to buy it through Xbox instead of buying it through PlayStation. It's funny that everybody was saying for years. <laughs> for, look, everybody was saying this for years that Xbox was lacking with content for years, especially for this generation. Microsoft does that, and now it's like, no, you have to have a multi-platform. And here's the thing: a lot of those games, like Dishonor, Prey, uh, Wolfenstein. They underperform. So what is the purpose of releasing that multi-platform? I think it's better and even they don't have to re uh, have it as like a risk. Have it on all, all the consoles and then it doesn't sell. Have it at the subscription service and that's it. It's like saying it's like saying Marvel was available on Netflix, right? They had a multiple series there. Disney, while they were working on uh, Disney Plus, they have Disney Plus now. Remove that content there. Have it on Disney Plus now. Exclusive. Now is the reason for you to sign up there and watch those uh, series there or, or movies, right? Why would Disney give that exclusive content and their exclusive IPs to their competition? For what? They want people to sign up to, Netflix, uh, to Disney Plus, to their service. It's the same thing with Game Pass. Like Hellblade, do you actually think Hellblade is coming out for PlayStation 5? Yes. No, it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. That would be a bad move, Microsoft. Bad uh. move. Paris is Brittany. in chat right now. And you know you? he's fucking losing his shit. He's like, oh, I know, he's I know. screaming. I see his little cry. Emoji. We're having fun. We're having fun here. It's not. It's no, I, you know, I love it when you two just go back and forth. It's highly, highly entertaining. Um, I yeah. don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And I don't really want to take a firm stance in it because I don't know what's, you know, I'm not in there. No, head. you're right. You're if right. I, well, I mean, look, right now, none of us know what's going to happen. It, the only person that knows is Phil. That's it. We're just true, having Phil. fun, having, you know, having a conversation. Well, and imagine Todd Howard knows. Oh, yeah, he I probably knows. he knows what's going to happen as well. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting. Whiskey Samurai in the chat says, my theory, it's an arrow in the quiver to keep Sony in line. If PS5 opposes crossplay or other initiatives that Microsoft wants to push, fine, we'll go exclusive with Bethesda stuff. Would keep Sony's ego-based decision-making in check a bit. Like, I like that idea, but that's not the way the business works. <laughs> um, this deal, that the exclusivity of those games was probably in the details of the Bethesda deal, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. If... I owned ZeniMax, I would be like, hey, let's talk about this. You know, I um, just I, I just can't wait. I can't wait when it's official in a year or two, maybe, <laughs> when when they're on stage and it was like, hey, we have this only on Game Pass. Enjoy. So I grab my device right here and I'll be like, all right, let me play Starfield. Do you wanna put do you wanna <laughs> put a little wager down? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So you actually so, think okay, so which game which game do you think is gonna be the first 
from the Bethesda acquisition, <laughs> mm-hmm. which game will be exclusive? Which is the first one? Um, I think I will go with Starfield and Elder Scrolls. I think Starfield been announced now for a couple of years. So I think that's going to be the first game that's going to come out in the future. But I think and you, you the think big Starfield games, is not coming to PlayStation Five. That's, that's what not, you're I'm saying. I'm 100. I know, and I know it's not going to come out for PlayStation. No, it's not going to happen. Starfield is going to be exclusive to Xbox. Exclusive. I think you're, I think you're out of your mind. Danny. You think, I think so? You're out of your mind. You think so that I'm that I'm crazy? That I'm crazy? No. Okay. So the bet is. Yeah. That you believe Starfield will be not published on PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Starfield will be published on PlayStation 5. Do you Bur- want to make specific qualifiers? <laughs> like, is it timed exclusivity? How does that play into your theory? Or do you think it's see, permanent see, if, exclusivity? If it's time exclusive, then I'll lose because then it's, it's multi-platform automatically. Right. But if it's so you're exclusive, to, exclusive, you're committing to exclusivity. Like yes. Street Fighter Five was exclusive. Right? Yes, yes, and it's not coming out to any other platform like that. Yeah. Okay. P- okay. PC, PC, it's is automatically that doesn't PC count. PC doesn't count. We're talking no. about Microsoft competition. Like no, what we're is talking the, specifically PlayStation Five? Yes. Starfield yeah. is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Clip this and put it online because this is going to happen. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, what are we wagering? Let's go. You a public bet, apology. Uh, uh, I mean, a we, public what? apology has to be yes. part of it. But see, Andrea, you still owe me that. That uh, you got to say that was right about Cuphead and Ori. You never said that on on Twitter. What are you talking about? Did I say that Ori and Cuphead would never come to Switch? Yeah, you said it was I don't not going to come up. You, you said I was wrong about X- Xbox Game Pass. We talked about Game Pass. Yeah. You and I fought very. Very aggressively about very, Game Pass. But very, very. I would have to go back and listen to the episode. Hey, if I said that, I will absolutely say Danny was right. But yeah. now I need to go back and listen. Yeah. But no, but let, let's do this. If I'm right, you, you'll do that on, on Twitter. And I'll apologize and say, hey, Andrew was right if it comes out on PlayStation. There you go. And I will do the same. Yeah. And Brittany and will drink. It? And Brittany will drink uh, yeah, in the background. Yeah. This has been highly entertaining. Like this is better be than the presidential debate. Do, what, what is it you want to do? You know, How about the loser has to send the winner a bottle of spirits of their choice? Okay, let's do it. Sub $100. It has to be less than $100. Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll do it. I'm down for that. <laughs> okay. I'm down for that. Let's do it. And Paris, I know you're watching. You know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And that is going to do it for today's episode of What's Good Games Live. Danny, we didn't yeah. even get to talk about Gamer Tag Radio. So yeah. why don't you tell everybody about what it is that you do, and then we'll have to have you back to talk more in-depth about podcasting. Because Britt and I love chatting about podcasting with yeah. you. You're so knowledgeable. But for people who have never heard of Gamer Tag Radio, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so um, my podcast has been on our, around now for 15 years, um, and we cover a lot of games. We'll go to a lot of events, pre-COVID, of course. Um, so I have also co-hosts, uh, Peter and Paris. Uh, we release two episodes every week. Right now, we have over... Ten, uh, what over a thousand episodes now? Wow! Uh, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of episodes. Uh, we haven't taken a break this year, man. But um, back in February, we had Phil Spencer on our show, and you know, we talked about the future of Xbox. You know, we have a lot of interviews, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. So yeah, check it out, Gamer Tag Radio. Just look look it up on any podcast platform. And actually, uh, congratulations to to you, Andrea and Brittany, uh, and the whole crew. Because I'm happy to see you're about to hit 200 episodes. Not that many people have done that. 
to reach Yay. 200. So you're almost yeah. there. And also Wednesday is International Podcast Day. So whenever you get the chance, subscribe to this show, subscribe to other podcasts and, and, and share it and talk about it on, on Twitter or social media. Very important. And What's Good Games has been featured alongside Gamertag Radio in several of the Spotify uh, video game, mm -hmm. top video game podcast lists. And you guys always are cropping up in video game podcasts to listen to. So wherever mm -hmm. you guys subscribe to What's Good Games, all you have to do is type in Gamertag Radio and you will find their show. Are you guys doing any Twitch streaming these days? Yeah, we do live stream every Sunday morning, uh, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, and so I assume that's just twitch.tv slash gamertag radio? Yes, yep, gamertag radio. Is it your podcast? Boom. No, yeah, what happened? Is it your podcast that you're streaming live? Yeah we, we do a, yeah, we do a live recording on Sundays, and then Thursdays is all pre-recorded stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, yeah, Not so subscribe. Not too dissimilar to what we do. Yeah, look at that. We're, we're doing good, we're doing good. You know, so. If you guys want to hear people yell about ribs... Gamer Tech Radio <laughs> is for you. <laughs> That's the perfect oh one right God. there. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, put yourself, it on the back of the box. Do yes. yourself a favor. Follow Danny and follow Paris on Twitter and just watch their fucking banter back and forth. It is oh, the funniest just... thing. Because I know you two have nothing but love and respect for one another. But just watching you guys just throw each other shit and flipping each other off all the time, it just makes me smile every time I see it. You know, people, it people actually hit me up saying, hey, you guys got to stop saying... MF every time on, on, on Twitter. I'm like, we're having fun. Why? why? Yeah, we're having no. fun. We're not taking this serious. But people, no. some people thought we were actually arguing online. I'm like, nah, man. It's, it's us having fun, man. There's <laughs> no, no, yo, Paris is my brother. Hell no. That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, and but you, where can people follow you, Danny? Uh, find me on Twitter, Godfrey, G-O-D-F-R-E-E. -E. And uh, yeah, I'm always posting crazy stuff in there too, man. I've been, <laughs> been posting a lot of videos that I record from like the park. So like the other day I was playing uh, Minecraft Dungeons with my uh, with my phone, recorded that video and uh, uploaded it on my account so people could see that it works with 5G. It's awesome, you know, so yeah. Our cloud gaming future is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us today. As we mentioned, it's long overdue and we'll definitely have to have you back and I'm gonna keep eyes yeah. on you that know what? Starfield you know, announcement. We have, <laughs> to do, we have to do a cross episode your crew and our crew together. We got to yes. plan it out in the future. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah. I wanted to get Paris up here to the studio before everything shut down because he's not too far away. He's, he's local, so he could definitely could show up over there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Paris, make it happen, man. Yeah, Paris. Yeah, and if you wanted to bring some wine with you from wine country, we could do a What's Good Wine episode too, Paris. <laughs> I'll have my people talk to your people. We'll, we'll make it happen. All right, everybody. We are going to wrap for today. We will be back later on in the week. Just a little side note. Steimer and I have both completed Ghost of Tsushima's campaign. And so I think this is the week that we're finally going to talk about it. If you guys oh, want good. to get in on some of those spoiler conversations, you've got a couple of days to get it done before the podcast on Friday. Oh. You have been warned. I'm going to have to refresh my memory. We'll talk. I'll jog your memory, Brett. Don't worry. Okay, everybody. Bye.